0: All right, well, do we usually, like, let everybody get their coffee and donut for a minute, or is that, like, is that am I, like, messing everybody up here? <laughs> is that what we normally do each week, or what? <laughs> okay, okay, we'll keep this going, we'll keep this going. <laughs> That'll be our little treat, like, after we get a donut. <laughs> That's <how> our were. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we're in Exodus, as some of us may know. Uh, we're in chapter twelve tonight, and uh, we've been dealing with all the different plagues, right? You know, of, of upon Egypt, and uh, tonight we're going to look at the final plague, which is the death of the firstborn. And uh, our primary text is going to be Exodus twelve. And it's going to be verse uh, 21 through 51, which is the end of the chapter. So before we we dive in, let's just read the passage just for an overall understanding of what we're going to be talking about. Uh, So starting with uh, verse 21, it says, "Uh, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel, and he said to them, pick out and take your lambs and your uh, yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lentil that is uh, on the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord shall pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and for your sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord has given you, just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service that you will say it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord. Who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our household, so the people bowed their heads and worshipped, and the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. so it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt uh, from the throne, uh, excuse me from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night and he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and he said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks, your herds and as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. So the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we shall all all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their uh, clothes on their shoulders. Uh, Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they had requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides children. Uh, A mixed multitude went up with them also, flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough, which they had brought out of the Egypt. For they were not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provision for themselves. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass that at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night Of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout the generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, "This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant who was bought for money when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A uh, sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. Uh, You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break any of the bones." all of the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and when, and let him come near and keep it, for he shall be as a native of the land, for no uncircumcision person shall eat of it. One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. Uh, thus all the children of Israel did, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass that that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. I'll stop there. So a lot happens in this passage here. And then it's a really big event for the children of Israel here. So we've seen the nine plagues that Yahweh has poured out on Egypt you know, up until this point. Uh, we read about the Nile River being turned to blood. Uh, the land being plagued with the frogs um the land that was plagued with lice it's kind of funny i don't know you know reading about this and lice uh, there was kind of an incident <laughs> recently uh don't tell him i might told you this but it was with my brother and in <laughs> his in his family uh he works with kids so things like this can happen and there was a i guess a kid that had lice and my brother had it and his son had it and they yeah and uh it's kind of a thing but thankfully with the shampoo and all they got it all out but it it was like happening as I was like preparing for this. It was just kind of funny, but you can only, <laughs> yeah, but you can only imagine i mean all of egypt being i mean I got grossed out, just you know a few people in in the house getting i 'm getting itchy already <laughs> 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 but you can imagine all of Egypt, you know, with lice and the eggs and oh gosh, anyway, um, that was uh, flies was another plague, which we read about uh. Uh, disease, boils, hail, locusts, uh, darkness, and um, last week Frankie kind of prepared us on on the Passover here. And God, in His usual manner, has warned Pharaoh about uh, the tenth and the last plague to come, which is death of the firstborn. Uh, through Moses, He kind of warned him about it in chapter eleven. Uh, so now comes the Passover, which we kind of Frankie went over last week um you know that led the exodus of the hebrews uh, from egypt you know that was uh, verses 1 through 11 last last uh i'm sorry 1 through 20 last week and just as a brief overview i just kind of cuz it helps us understand the rest of what's happening in this chapter um you know last week we read about the preparation of the passover um you know god was the authority behind that Um, you know, the announcement or pronouncement rather came from God for them to partake in in this, this Passover. Um, and it's kind of funny too, that we're reading all about this and next month is the official month of the Passover for Israel. So it's just the timing kind of works out. But, um, you know, last week we heard all about that. Um, you know, the time of the year that it was supposed to be their religious calendar versus, you know, their regular, um, calendar year, Um, you know, they were instructed how to, uh, have, you know, one lamb per household. Um, you know, if the household was too small for a lamb, they were to join with a neighbor, you know, all these different rules about how it works. There were requirements for the lamb that Frankie went over. You know, the lamb was to be without blemish, a male, um, you know, it was set apart for a certain time, um, you know the whole assembly was to kill it at twilight and and with that uh the blood was to be um taken from the lamb and put on the two doorposts of the house and and and, and on top and as you can see in the picture you know it it almost kind of makes a cross when you look at it you know when you think about it and 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 we're going to see eventually tonight how all of this really is looking forward to Jesus Christ who is the fulfillment of the passover um you know uh there were instructions for the meal you know the uh, they were eat, to eat the flesh uh as specified on that night uh they had to cook it a certain way you know roasted in fire and all that um unleavened bread which we learned last week was symbolic without sin uh bitter herbs it reminded them of their bitter experiences that they had in Egypt so they wouldn't forget um you know, there's a way to, to cook the whole thing. You can't eat it raw, not boiled. You had to roast it. Um, so there's all of, all of these rules for that that we learned last week. Um, and so, you know, like we were saying earlier, the Passover, it's the oldest and largest and longest uh, religious feast celebrated in the world by the Jews. And it remembers their salvation and their deliverance from Egypt. Um, it is celebrated religiously by the Jews throughout the world since the Exodus to the present day, you know, next month they're going to celebrate it, um, you know, about 3,500 years, um, uh, Passover is one of the three feasts required by the law, you know, for every Jew to present himself at Jerusalem, there's Passover, Pentecost and Feast of Tabernacles, um, you know, and you can do a whole study on that, um, you know, so so. Um, the Passover, it's consistently designated blood as a token that God honored to escape judgment, and it's kind of funny. Uh, Xavier was even talking about that on uh, Sunday night for the concert. How blood? There's always atonement through blood. Um, we read in Scripture. You know, the first sacrifice that was offered really by God for the sins of Adam and Eve, the blood of an innocent animal was to atone for the sin of the fall of mankind. You know, he had to kill an animal to cover their shame when they had to wear, uh, the, the animal skins, uh, in Genesis chapter three. So from the very beginning, there's always had to have been an atonement of blood. Um, you know, we have the patriarchs, uh, uh Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh, they, their faith and they trusted in the blood sacrifices when they would approach God, you know? Um, and, and the atoning power of blood is the basis of the entire Levitical law. Uh, and that is why blood was, uh, prohibited from even being eaten by the Jew. So, you know, you couldn't have your, your rare steak or whatever, you know? Uh, it, it was prohibited by that. Um, you got to get all the germs out, you know? um, You know, like in Leviticus, there's a verse in chapter 17. Whenever a a man of the house of Israel or any of the strangers who dwell among you, who eats any of the blood, I will set my face against him. Who eats the blood, I will cut him off from his people. So God was really serious about this because it it dealt with sin and it also pointed towards his son, which would eventually fulfill, um, be the ultimate blood sacrifice. Um, and there's other verses in, in Leviticus that deal with that about not eating the blood. Um, you know, there's the leaven, the, the actually, uh, prohibiting of leaven in their bread. Um, leaven was symbolic of sin. Leaven basically is yeast. You know, uh, we're, those of us who are not bakers, <laughs> uh, it decomposes and, and it breaks down the bread causing it to rise. Like I remember as a kid, you know, my mom, she'd make bread and and stuff and we bought a bread maker and <laughs> the whole thing. And, and, uh, you know, you would have to let the bread rise because of the yeast. And I always wanted to poke it, you know, and mom, don't touch it, you know, <laughs> but that, <laughs> but it has to die in order to rise. And that was symbolic too of Christ. You know, there had to be a death that took place in order for him to rise again. And, and God knew what he was doing when he put all of this together, you know, um, uh you know it's just wild how that all works uh and 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 uh Frankie was talking last week you know a little set a little bit, little bit of sin a little leaven will um yeah will leaven the whole lump it will permeate our entire lives if we tolerate it and it actually will hinder our access to god um we see like in uh first corinthians 5 it says your you know your glorying is not good do you not know that a little little leaven leavens the whole lump you know um so just something as as believers that we are to keep in mind um and ultimately like we were saying the passover lamb was really prophetic of jesus who would provide salvation to the world as the ultimate sacrifice uh passover lamb um John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus from afar, he declared, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. You know, John chapter 1, 2 um, Corinthians 5, it says, uh, Therefore purge out the old leaven. There's the symbolism there that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So there we see how Christ is the fulfillment and even the whole uh, imagery of the leaven and the yeast and sin. It all ties in together. Um, uh, The unleavened feast was prophetic of Christ. Uh, The bread represented the body of Christ. Uh, You know, without sin, without yeast, without leaven and if you even looked at the bread, it had stripes on it, which represented that the stripes that Jesus would receive, you know, uh, by which we are healed. In Isaiah 53, it speaks about uh, by his stripes, we are healed. Uh, Jesus was also buried on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread at sundown on the Passover. Um, and like we we're saying, the Feast of the first fruits was the first day after the sabbath sunday prophetic of jesus the first fruits of the resurrection uh, it says in 1 corinthians for as in adam all die even so in christ all shall be made alive but each one in his own order christ the first fruits uh, afterward those who are christ at his coming so we see that the institution of the passover was really prophetic of christ you know and and this is kind of a recap <laughs> of last time but but it helps us understand as we move forward Um, so tonight we're going to start with the Passover being implemented. You know, we, we see that it was instituted. Now it's being implemented, uh, in, in verse, uh, 21 through 28, which we just read right now. Um, so in verse 21 here, uh, Moses, he's instructing the elders to perform the Passover. And, uh, he calls for all the elders of Israel. He tells them to you know, take the lambs, pick them out for themselves, for the families. Uh, And he told them in the end of verse 21 to kill the Passover lamb. That's basically what he's instructing them to do. Um, And he instructs the elders in verse 22, you know, the whole thing with the blood, you shall take a bunch of hyssop, you know, dip it and, and, and on the doorposts. Like we, we were talking about earlier. Uh no one was to go outside of the door or of his house till morning, but stay inside the house you know in verse twenty two yeah you know, i 'd be freaking out if <laughs> and i don 't know in the situation like that, yeah, you know, but that was those were the rules don 't go out, stay inside you know till till all was said and done um and Moses communicates the reason for the blood in verse twenty three Uh, For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the doorposts, the Lord will pass over. Hence the name Passover. (laughs) uh, The door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Um, You know, the Lord was going to pass through striking the Egyptians. And, you know, they had nine plagues as evidence up until this point that the 10th was definitely going to happen. You know, there was no doubt about it at this point. Um, and they would have to eventually obey by faith what Yahweh, their their God, was revealing here to them. I mean, if you think about it, from the outside, it probably sounds crazy, but but they had to, in, through faith, you know, just obey what God said here that, that evening. Um, so when Yahweh sees the blood on the the lintel and the doorposts uh, in verse twenty three, you know, He would not allow the destroyer to strike them. Uh, But to pass over that house. And the phrase to pass over here. Means literally to spring or to leap over. Um, And the word destroyer here is like a waster or a spoiler. Um, And this was the only provision or token that Yahweh was going to honor. Which was blood. You know. Uh, And this was the indication that those in the house believed in the revelation that Yahweh had given to the children of Israel here. Um, And also uh, verse 24 and 25, Moses is told to instruct this uh, Passover to the future generations. You know, it wasn't just to die after that generation. Um, They were to celebrate the Passover forever and ever. I mean, to this day, it is going to be celebrated next month. Uh, Verse 24 indicates that you shall celebrate it forever and ever with your sons, you and your sons. Um, Verse 25, uh, they were to keep it in the land that God would would give them. And they were to instruct their children about the whole meaning of this celebration. We see in verse 26 down through 28, you know, so when the kids are asking, you know, what is what does this all mean? Why do you do this? Um, in verse 26, you know, they were to answer verse 27. Uh, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel of Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, you know? Um, and also in chapter 13 of, of Exodus, it's repeated again, you know, that you're supposed to tell this to your kids. Um, and so the response of the people was recorded, uh, verse 27 the way they responded to this is that they bowed their heads and they worshiped you know they worshiped yahweh in response to all of this um and the children of israel went away doing as the lord uh, commanded moses and aaron so they went ahead and, and followed through with what they were supposed to do um on plymouth rock you know going now to the history of the united states Uh, On the inscription on the Plymouth Rock Monument, there's a challenge to all the generations of Americans. Um, This quote, this spot marks the final resting place of the pilgrims of the Mayflower in weariness and hunger through cold fighting the wilderness, burying their dead in common graves that the Indians should not know how many had perished. Uh, They here laid the foundations of a state in which all men for countless ages should have liberty to worship God in their own way. As you who pass by and see the stone, remember and dedicate yourselves anew to the resolution uh, that you will not rest until this lofty ideal shall have been realized throughout the earth. So, kind of the same idea, you know, in a more current uh, history setting. You know, you're supposed to teach this to your kids. You're supposed to uh, cause the next generation to remember this. Um, And kind of going forward to the new Testament, we read that, uh, Jesus himself, uh, celebrated the Passover with his disciples. Um, you know, even in the new Testament, um, in Luke 22, uh, it says, uh, then you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher who says to you, where's the guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples. So Jesus was, uh, one who celebrated this as well. Um, you know, and, and, there's a lot of other verses that give reference to Jesus actually uh celebrating it with the disciples um, but also not only did Jesus celebrate the Passover, Jesus was the fulfillment of the Passover, like we were you know saying earlier uh it says in luke twenty two once again he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he said this take this divided it amongst yourselves, for I say to you." Uh, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He gave it to them. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Uh, Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise. He also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you. You know, and we, we do that in remembrance of him, you know, even once a month here on, on Thursday nights, we do the communion, you know, and it's in, in remembrance of Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the Passover. Um, Paul himself taught that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. You know, uh, uh, he was taught by Jesus. He says in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when He had given thanks. He broke it and said. Take ye. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner. He took the cup. Um, So. uh, He was taught it. By. By Jesus Christ. And. Paul gives a solemn warning. He says. Regarding. uh, Communion and all. Therefore. Whoever eats this bread. Or drinks this cup. Of the Lord of an unworthy manner. He will be guilty of the body. And the blood of the Lord. So. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment unto himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And that's why, you know, before we do Pass uh, Communion, uh, Xavier or whoever's leading the the group that night will say, you know, if if you know in your heart at tonight that you're not right with God, you have one or two choices: you can get right with God and partake, or just don't partake. You know, because the scriptures warn against partaking in the Lord's cup in in an unworthy manner. Not that. We're so wor- we are so worthy of God, and oh, now I can take it. But m- rather, it means that we're not right with God, and but we can get right, you know, if we come before Him that, then and there. So, there is that solemn warning uh, in the New Testament. Um, so, as we just read, you know, the implement implementation of the Passover was looking forward to Jesus Christ, uh, and like we said. Earlier, even the blood on the doorposts. I mean, you, you know, I, even I see that. And I even see that as looking forward to Christ. You know, even makes the shape of a cross even. So anyways, um, our third and final movement is the Passover being executed here. Uh, verses 29 through 42. Um, so basically we see the firstborn being uh, wiped out in this in this section here. Um, in verse 29. You know. It came to pass at midnight. That the Lord struck all the firstborn. In the land of Egypt. Uh, from the firstborn of Pharaoh. Who sat on the throne. To the firstborn of the captive. Who was in the dungeon. And all the firstborn of the livestock. So. Uh, ju- this tenth plague. This, this judgment was brought. Upon Egypt by Yahweh himself. As we read in verse 29. And. Um, the judgment took place at midnight as the Lord struck all the firstborn. Um, and the ones judged were from the firstborn of Pharaoh who lived in the palace, uh, to the firstborn of the guy in the dungeon, you know, to all the livestock, you know, all the animals, you know, all the dogs, everybody, everything, everything that was a firstborn got wiped out that night. Um, And this, this came in verse 30. We, you know, it was a terrible thing. And it came upon the Egyptians. There was not one dead, uh, Pharaoh, his servants. They rose up in the middle of the night and there was a great cry in Egypt for, like it says, there was not a house where there was not one dead. Um, so Pharaoh at this point, uh, in verse 31, this, this kind of hit close to home for him. You know, you have all these other plagues going on, but, uh, This one really broke him. You know, you're dealing with his firstborn son. And he is a a man who has been humbled at this point in verse uh, 31 and 32. uh, You know, he calls now for Moses and Aaron in the night. And he says, rise, uh, go out from among my people, uh, you and the children of Israel, and also serve the Lord, as you have said, you know, and take the flocks, take the herds uh be gone and bless me also. So at this point he uh is is bending. He, you know, he before it was just no, no, no. But now he he has had a change of heart at this point. <clears throat> so uh like we just read, you know, he summoned Moses and Aaron. Um and really what he's saying to Moses here contradicts the last thing he said to Moses, uh which was get away from me. Uh yeah take heed to yourself and see my face no more in the la- next time you see my face, you will die. You know, so he is really contrasting to what he last said to Moses. Um, and he releases them ultimately, you know, he says, rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel. Um, and he, he bows at this point to a certain extent to Yahweh, to God, because he does say, go serve the Lord As you have said. So he does acknowledge to a certain extent. um, Yahweh here. Um, And basically he's just saying. Take everything. You know all your flocks. All your herds just be gone. Get out of here basically at this point. And he requests a blessing. He says bless me also. You know at this point. You know I can. You can only imagine it fitting. I guess for him to, to request that from Moses. Um, so then in 33 through 36, we see the preparations being made, you know, the night that they, that they jam out of Egypt, you know, um, you know, the Hebrews, they, they were driven out by, uh, the Egyptians as, as God had told them verse 33. Um, and (laughs) the Egyptians at this point. You know they're they're actually pretty desperate at this point. It says that they urge the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. They're just like, please leave. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Verse thirty three. You know, it, it's this last plague really took a toll on the whole uh, all of the Egyptians. Um, and the reason for that was clear because they say in the last part of verse thirty three. You know, uh we shall all be dead if you guys don't get out of here. <laughs> you know, that's basically their reasoning for wanting them to leave right away. Um, the Hebrews were ready to leave as God had told them in verse 34. It says the people took their dough before it was leavened. Um, and they took their kneading bowls and they bound up their clothes on their shoulders and they, they just jammed right out of there um, You know, and and God granted the children of Israel favor with the Egyptians. And they were actually able to take uh, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing as as God allowed them in verse uh, 35. You know, he granted them favor basically with the Egyptians at this point. And something like that is only something that God can do. You know, God will grant favor with certain people, you know, when we're obeying him and trusting him and having faith in and what he wants to do in our lives, and that's even what's happening here. You know, they're even letting them take valuables with them. Um, and it was it was because of God. Uh, it says in verse thirty six, the Lord was the one who gave them the favor. So, um, so basically, in, in technical terms, they, they plundered the Egyptians. Um, so then there's the evacuation of the people, you know, verses 37 through 39. Um, you know, in verse uh, 37, we see the route uh, and the population of the Exodus. Um, they journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot besides children. Um, so conservatively, there were probably about two and a half to three million people overall, you know, when you really factor everything in. Um, you know because this is just the men that's being counted here. Um, you know, six hundred thousand men, if there were uh, six hundred thousand women, that would make it, you know close around a million. Um, you know, if you have two children on average, Uh, That would double it. You know, it's just when you kind of factor it in more or less about uh, two and a half to three million people at one time leaving Egypt. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's even hard to wrap my, our brains around it sometimes thinking that many people, you know, and God did it. God totally did it. Um, um, The Hebrews were joined uh, by others in Egypt Um, verse 38, a mixed multitude went up with them also, uh, maybe unequally yoked marriages, perhaps, you know, could be, you know, when you think about it, uh, maybe some Egyptians also, you know, uh, flocks and herds, great deal of livestock. And they were, they were very self-sufficient here. You know, they and God's people, children of Israel, they have always been, you know, self-sufficient to this day. You know, they even have their own watering system where um, you know, they, they can convert salt water to water that can be that can, you can actually drink. And it's, it's just crazy the way they're so self-sufficient as a nation, even to this day. And, and we see that here, even during their exodus. Um, In verse 39, the Hebrews, they made uh, certain food provisions. They baked unleavened cakes for the dough uh, because uh, they just didn 't have time you know to let the dough rise you know they 're having to leave right away. You have to wait all day for your your bread to rise when you have yeast in it um, but they just they just had to get out of there um, they didn 't have time to wait, so they provide provisions for themselves um, and the hebrews time in Egypt was prophetically accurate verses forty through forty one um, you know, 430 years was their, their sojourn in Egypt. Um, God gives to Abraham a round number of 400 years in Genesis chapter 15. And, uh, Moses records the exact number at the Exodus 430. And, uh, it's just pretty, pretty mind blowing when you look at it. Um, And so in verse 42, we see a summary statement about the Passover and about the Exodus. Um, It says that uh, it was a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. Uh, That night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout all generations. Um, That's just basically kind of just sums it all up, you know, in a statement there. Um, it's just pretty wild so you know the entire Passover was done in faith you know according to what God had revealed uh, to be the substitute for each person uh, the sacrificial lamb here that they were to kill um the author of Hebrew says by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. Lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Hebrews eleven twenty-eight. Uh, the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ was and is the substitute for the sins of the entire world. And those who do not believe it uh, fall under that very same judgment uh, as the firstborn in Egypt, a judgment of God and eternal separation from God. Um, you know, and the protection from judgment by God in this new covenant that we are now under uh, took place at Passover by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, um, and we're going to celebrate that, you know, in, in April with Easter and all of that Good Friday. And it's just what a, what a reminder it is, you know, of the new covenant that we are now under Um Whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God has passed over. There's that phrase, the sins that were previously committed. Romans 3.25. And that's speaking about the new covenant. You know, God has passed over our sins because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, Romans 5.9. Much more than now having been justified by his blood, uh, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Uh, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from our aimless conduct uh, received by tradition of our fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we see how the blood of Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover blood of the lambs. Um, The Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, delivers and redeems all uh, from the world who put their trust in him, the world being a type of Egypt and a bondage of sin. We see that in scripture. Egypt is a, a, is a, uh, symbolism of, of the world that we are once in and are called out of once we are in Christ. Um, Jesus says in John chapter eight, uh, therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Uh, Paul in Ephesians one, seven says, uh, In him we have redemption through the blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Um, Ephesians 2.13. But now in Jesus Christ. uh, We who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. There's that phrase again of the blood. Uh, In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1.14. Colossians 1.20 says. uh, And by him. Uh, To reconcile all things to himself by him, uh, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross, of his cross. Um, So we see that the superiority of Jesus, the Lamb of God, is very clear uh, and unmistakable in the book of Hebrews. That is the new covenant. That is the fulfillment of the Passover. Um, And there's just so many more verses. I mean, in Hebrews, uh, like chapter 9, verse you know, it just goes on and on and on. Um, some verses, if you want to jot them down, Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verses 13 through 14, has a lot of references to the blood of Christ um, being the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, Hebrews 10 as well. There's just so much there. Um And so kind of wrapping this up here, uh, we have verse uh, 43 through uh, 51, just kind of ra- ending the chapter here at the end. Um, it says, you know, and the Lord uh, said to Moses and Aaron, this is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it. Uh, Moses is telling basically Moses and Aaron that no foreigner shall eat of the Passover. Um if you have a, had a servant in your household that you bought, uh, that servant needed to be circumcised in order to partake of the Passover. You know, this is Old Testament law here. Um, a hired servant then uh, was not to eat of it. Um, they were to eat it in their house, not to carry uh, the the flesh of the lamb outside the house. You know, like, I don't know, sometimes you have leftover carnitas or something you know and you like take it to your friend's house and try to get rid of it you couldn't do that with the passover lamb you know you had to eat it in the house and because of that it was symbolizing the night they were in haste and you know they had to leave egypt and all that um so that was just uh, another rule here for them uh they weren't to break any of the bones which is kind of interesting because uh none of jesus's bones were broken on the cross you know and he was the ultimate passover lamb And it's just so interesting how it all ties in. Um, All of Israel was to keep the Passover. Um, And if there was a stranger dwelling with you at your house and he wanted to keep the Passover, all of his males had to be circumcised. Then they could keep it as a native of the land. But basically, if somebody was not circumcised, they were not to eat of the Passover. Um... It was to be one law for the native born and the stranger who dwells among them, verse 49. And it says there in verse 50, all the children of Israel did as Moses and Aaron commanded them. Um, And then uh, verse 51, we have that summary statement one more time. uh, You know, it came to pass uh, on the very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. You know, pretty, pretty wild. So in closing, you know, we saw that the Passover uh, that led to the exodus of the Hebrews from Egypt consisted in three movements. You know, we saw the Passover being instituted and it was actually prophetic of Christ. Uh, We saw the implementation of the Passover that uh, was actually looking forward to Jesus Christ. And we saw that the execution of the Passover was a type, uh, you know, of all those who rejected Christ, the the judgment, you know, upon those who reject the ultimate uh, Passover lamb. So um, having said that, uh, let us pray. (laughs) Lord, we just want to come before you, Lord, one more time. Lord, we do thank you, Lord, for your word and just just the crazy, um, awesome uh, symbolism and and prophetic uh, nature of the whole passover lord how it looks forward to jesus christ who is is our ultimate passover lamb we just thank you and we worship you for that lord uh, we do even look forward lord to this next month lord as we remember uh what your son did for us as the ultimate sacrifice with easter coming and good friday and i pray we'd re- we would remember that all year lord not just once a year but all the time we would always be constantly lord just reminded uh, that we are under the new covenant, Lord, and, and, and um, we have escaped death, judgment, from coming into our, our home, Lord, into our lives, into uh, our eternity, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. Just help us to bring something home with us tonight, Lord, in our hearts, in our minds, just to remind us, Lord, of just the awesome plan of salvation you have for us and for all mankind, Lord. We just thank you, and we pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Now it's donut time.